Hello and welcome to the NicheSiteTools.com podcast where we share experiences, tips, and tools to help everyone achieve a greater level of success with their online adventures. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 21 of the NicheSiteTools.com podcast. Glad to have you here. And normally what we do is a podcast episode followed by a summary and some key links mentioned in the show in the actual blog post on the site itself. But today we're going to do something a little bit different. Over the course of this week, I focused a lot of effort on the actual blog post itself prior to the podcast episode, so there's a lot of great content that i really like to have you check out on the site, which is going to be entitled 7 Simple SEO Tips to Get Your Content Ranking. And if you head over to nichesatetools.com forward slash the number 21, you will see all the information that we're talking about today on the podcast episode. And if you're new to the show, we also like to include a segment towards the end entitled the plugin or tool of the week. And this is no exception. We will definitely be doing that today. And it goes along very closely with the blog post uh, content and the information on the podcast today. So that's what we'll be talking about. Hopefully that sounds great with you. And let's go ahead and get started right into the content. So again, this week's episode is entitled Seven Simple SEO Tips to Get Your Content Ranking. And this has come from a number of different sources. I've gotten some questions from folks on different search engine optimization techniques, some basic ones, how uh, beginners should get started. And I've also received a direct query from someone in my mastermind group on creating a quick tip guide on how you can get your content ranking and what are the most important parts of SEO to pay attention to. And that is the reason for this week's episode. So I thank you. Appreciate you guys for asking those questions. And this content is a direct result of those uh, suggestions. So thank you so much. So let's jump right into those seven simple SEO tips. And number one is optimizing your title and your post URL. I think this one's a little bit obvious, but whenever you create a page or post, you're going to have to create a title for that post. And that is very important in terms of SEO. So when you set up that title, you're going to want to make sure that you put any um, keywords in there that are relevant to your article that you're trying to rank for. And you also want to make sure that you try and make it a catchy title so that it is worthy of being shared and more likely to be shared. So for instance, the title of this article, Seven Simple SEO tips to get your content ranking was deliberately set up to be uh, share friendly and something people if they saw the title itself they would want to click on. This is an area that I don't focus a lot of attention on normally but I realized recently when talking with folks in my mastermind group that it's really important to do that and you've probably experienced this yourself if you're on social media and you come across an article or something in your news feed where hey wow this really jumps out got you know a certain number of tips or something you really got to click on or check this out type of thing and it really catches your attention and really gets you to click on it so I know a lot of folks these days are doing it very well and it's almost overutilized these days I think it's becoming more and more common but at the same time it's definitely an area where you want to have some focus And in the blog post itself, I've included a couple of links with some sites that give you suggestions for great headlines or the foundation for those great headlines. And then you can add your own particular keywords or phrases. And you can also get some great ideas by just typing your main keywords into Google and doing a search and looking at the top posts and check out their headlines. And you can also just type, start typing in Google if you have autocomplete turned on. It'll give you suggestions on other things other people have typed into or what they might be typing and give you some additional ideas. 
Another important component is the permalink for your post. And that permalink is the URL of the particular post that you're creating. And it kind of goes hand in hand with your title. However, your title can definitely be more descriptive and a little bit longer in length. But your permalink, you're generally going to want to keep a little bit shorter and just hit the main keywords from your topic. So for instance, in the case of the title of this article, Seven Simple SEO Tips to Get Your Content Ranking, my permalink is Seven Simple SEO Tips for Ranking. So it's a little bit shorter and it hits those key terms, simple SEO tips for ranking. So it really accomplishes uh, the goal of making it a bit shorter, a bit easier to remember, but uh, still hits those main points. So definitely keep an eye on that. You definitely want to make sure that your WordPress defaults are to make your permalink based off of your post name and and that's not the default so if you do need to go in there and change it I have the steps in the document itself but if you're familiar with the WordPress dashboard all you have to do is go to your dashboard go to settings permalinks and then be sure post name is selected so that's the thing you're going to want to do initially right when you create your new site from scratch to make sure those permalinks are set up for your post titles right out of the box so that's definitely something you're going to want to do something i always do whenever i create a site and then you can modify them on a per post basis to shorten them and make them more ideal for whatever topic you are posting about and then that'll cover pretty much everything for tip number one which again was optimizing your title and post url Tip number two is creating a proper meta description for each post. And it's a big mouthful, but the bottom line is it's just a short summary of your post that is going to appear below your link in search engine results. So I'm sure you've all searched on Google before. When you see the results on the first page there, each post will have a link and a description underneath it. That description underneath it is just called the meta description. And right out of the box, uh, the WordPress system does not, at least currently, have a mechanism for adding that meta description. However, almost every theme out there and multiple plugins allow that functionality to create that. So my suggestion is having had a theme, the thesis 1.85 theme that had all that built in, thought that was a great thing. It has a lot of SEO functions built into the theme. Problem is, now that I'm going to be upgrading to Elegant Themes within the next month or so on my main site and also on my supplemental sites, now I have a slight problem because I have meta descriptions built into the theme and when I migrate to a new theme, that theme is not going to have those meta descriptions for each post. So unfortunately, I'm in a little bit of a pickle on what to do there, but not to fear. I did find a plugin that allows you to migrate your SEO settings as far as the meta description and other things over to either your new theme, possibly if it's supported, or to a plugin. And that's really what I plan to do. And what I suggest that you do, if you're not sure, if you don't currently use meta descriptions and you need to, you're going to want to do that via plugin in my opinion. And again, the main reason for that is if you ever do upgrade to another theme down the road, if it's in a plugin format, that plugin comes along with you and you don't have to do anything else to get those meta descriptions to carry over. So that allows any rankings and SEO link juice that you've gotten along the way based on your meta descriptions and your keyword to continue without fear of getting penalized. So that's definitely something I would recommend. And the plugin that I recommend for that is the WordPress SEO plugin by Yoast. There's another primary one, which is the all-in-one SEO plugin. And that's also another great one, but I 
think lately a lot of folks have recommended the WordPress SEO by Yoast overall. I know there was a plugin or two that had some security concerns and needed to be updated, and I think Yoast is really on top of that. So for the most part, you are in good hands. There's a lot of additional features in this plugin that we're going to talk about later. So it's a really great plugin, and that's what I'm going to be converting my SEO metadata over to when I migrate to a new theme. So that's what I would recommend for you. And uh, it's a great little plugin from what I've seen so far. And it also gives you some uh, some suggestions on ways to in- get a better meta description and other SEO tips. Uh, there's a lot of additional features built into that plugin. So it's a free plugin and uh, definitely one to grab if you don't already have it. And uh, what that does when you install a plugin or if you, you do utilize a theme that has it, beneath the body of your post there will be a window for a meta description. And you can type in up to 156 characters in the Yoast plugin. And then that is what's going to appear below your post in the search engine results. So you want to make sure it's catchy, it covers the key main items of your post. And also, hopefully, it uh, tells folks what they're going to expect when they click through to your article. So if you give them a great description and they click through and they find what they're looking for, they're more likely to stay on your poster page longer, which will decrease your bounce rate. And that will also have a positive effect on rankings as well. So that's something you're definitely going to want to do. And if you don't have a meta description, what's going to happen by default is the search engines will grab the first 156 or so characters of your article, which probably is not ideal. Typically, you're not going to optimize the first 156 characters of your article, so it's always best to go ahead and specify that meta description manually so that you know your search engine results are going to show exactly what you're looking to portray. So that is tip number two. And we'll go right into tip number three, which is to utilize H1 and H2 tags in bold text properly. So what that means is H1 and H2 tags are tags that will increase the size of your text and they'll appear in bold as well. They look like they're in bold because they're so much larger. And the other suggestion is to actually bold text as well. And this is not only for SEO terms, but also for readability. The more you want to make sure you have a good mix of white space, a good mix of different sections to break up the text and bold for emphasis as well. So that it's really easy for your readers to read through your document quickly and they can navigate through it and they don't have a hard time reading and uh, their eyes move across the page properly. You know, there's enough white space. It looks visually appealing. So all that contributes to a better user experience. And it's relatively easy to use those headings. H1 and H2 carry the most weight with SEO. So if you're trying to portray or target particular keyword phrases and emphasize those, you can highlight those and section those off. And um, definitely don't overdo it. Because it would look really funny if all of your text was H1 or H2 headings and everything was overly large on your page, it definitely wouldn't look right. So it's definitely a balance of making sure that things look fine as well as getting your point across and making it uh, very reader friendly as far as the appearance of your text. So don't overdo it, but definitely make sure you're using those headings in bold text where appropriate. 
So tip number four is adding images and paying attention to three key attributes. And I think this is one that not a lot of people are doing, but it definitely adds a huge benefit to your article. So obviously when you add an image or two, it will visually affect the way folks uh, see and read your articles and they'll be more appealing to them. But also it's very important that you do three key things and those are making sure that your file name has the keywords that you're looking to target, making sure that the title of the image itself also targets those keyword phrases, and the alt text tag for your article also highlights those keywords and phrases. So a lot of times, if you're familiar with uh, pictures on a camera or a smartphone, those images will be definitely not user-friendly. So it'll be something like image, img underscore number, dot whatever, dot png, dot jpeg, whatever the case may be. So if you go ahead and update that image just how it is into your site, that's not doing you any good as far as SEO goes because at this moment, Google doesn't know enough about images to know exactly what that's going to be. So you really need to do your best to help them out with that. And that's really very easy to do. When you name the file, all you got to do is rename it on your PC or when you're saving it from somewhere, save it to match what the subject is for your post. For instance, when I added the main article for this particular post on my site, I named the article 7-simple-seo-tips-4-ranking.jpg. So it matches my main subject matter for the post. It also matches my permalink and the title and the alt text are also seven simple SEO tips for ranking. And you'll see an example of that in this actual post as well. So it's really easy to do when you upload, when you click on the add media button in each of your posts to add an image, you have the option right there to specify a title, alternative text tag for your um, image, and that's pretty much all you need to pay attention to when it comes to adding an image to your site, but it's really important to do that. And another thing is making sure that when you upload your images to your site, that they are the exact size that you want to utilize in your post. So for instance, when I wanted to do the main image post in this article, I wanted to make it 300 by roughly 200 or so. So I resized it outside of WordPress with the GIMP image editor, which is a free program similar to Photoshop. And I resized it to that size, saved it with the correct name, and then uploaded it with that size so that it would be appearing full size in my post. And the reason you want to do that outside of WordPress is because if you don't, WordPress is going to have to do the resizing on the fly, and that's going to slow down your site and create and increase in your load time for your particular posts and pages. And that definitely has a negative effect on your SEO because anytime your site takes longer to load, that's going to be looked down upon in Google's eyes and you could be penalized for that. So you want to make sure your images are small, as small as they can be while still getting the point across. And you want to make sure they're still readable and everything like that. But you also want to make sure, like I said, that they are the exact size that you want to use inside your post. And once you have that file saved to the appropriate size and you made sure that it's as small as possible, you can also run it through another tool called Smush It. And if you go to smush.it, 
It's a tool, I believe it's from Yahoo still, that will decrease the size of your image while still maintaining the quality. So it'll shrink down your file even more to optimize your images as much as they can be so that your pages load as quickly as possible. And that's really a key benefit and that will help you to rank as well down the road. So the quicker your site is, the better it will rank as well. So those are some quick tips as far as images go and definitely something you're gonna wanna pay attention to. And the next tip, tip number five, is making all of your affiliate links nofollow. And if you are not an affiliate or you don't link externally currently, this may or may not apply to you, but anyone that does link externally, this could be of value to you. And definitely for sure, any affiliate links that you're sending off of your site onto like a sales page or you're promoting any products like plugins or theme, premium themes or anything that you might be pro- promoting on your site, you definitely want to make sure those are no follow. And what that means is you have a finite set of resources on your site. So what I said on the site was let's picture that as a big styrofoam cup filled with liquid. And basically what you want to do is get links internally to your site from other sites over time, which helps to fill up your cup. Anytime you link externally to other sites, by default, if you don't specify that link is a nofollow link, you could be losing link juice off your site. So basically picture it as somebody poking a hole in your cup filled with liquid. Every time that you link out to another site, some of your link juice is leaking out and it's causing your site's ranking potentially to go down. Exactly how much one individual link would matter to your site, nobody knows. It's all factored into the Google algorithm. But they have definitely said in the past that it's definitely best to no-follow affiliate links for certain. And I always err on the side of caution. So anytime I'm linking externally, like in this particular post, I link to a number of plugins, different uh, free programs like GIMP, image editor, smush it. Most of those are not affiliate links. Those are just links that I include in there, but I still also do no follow most links that I put on my posts and pages. And the reason for that is I don't want to take the chance of losing any link juice unnecessarily. But in the case where I'm trying to highlight some great content on other sites or I'm linking to other friends' websites or just different, uh, you know, I want to kind of say thanks, this article was awesome, check out this link, I will definitely um, leave those as the default, which are do follow links and uh, not worry about that. But in general, if I'm just linking to plugins or linking to other tools, I'm going to nofollow most of those links. And it's really easy to nofollow affiliate links because I utilize, like most people do, a plug, a free plugin called Pretty Links Lite. And what that allows you to do is shorten your URLs, number one, and it also allows you to easily nofollow them as well. So for example, I am an affiliate for the Elegant Themes um, Premium Theme Program and uh, that's the theme I'm converting over to shortly. I've already converted over a couple of sites. So on my site, I link to that, and what the link is is nichelighttools.com forward slash elegant is one of the links for that. But the actual link is elegant themes forward slash blah, 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 affiliate link info slash this and that. So it's a really ugly link, so it's really easy to make that pretty so that that at slap forward slash elegant on my site goes to that more, you know, archaic, ugly looking URL, but on my site I can just link to forward slash elegant 
and um, it makes for a much better user experience and it's very easy to no follow links either on an individual basis when you create them or what I do is I set the options for pretty links so that all affiliate links or all links created through pretty link are no follow by default and they're all 301 redirects so that way anytime I create a new link I don't have to go in and do anything just automatically no follow by default and if you're not using pretty links for whatever reason if you're just linking to you know directly to a particular plugin like I do in some of the uh, links in this particular post I will go in there either manually or through other plugins. I think the one I use is called TinyMCE. I'm not sure if that's still out there, but if you're familiar with editing the text or the HTML of your actual posts, you can go in there for that link and just add REL equals in double quotes, no follow, and double quote. So you may be familiar with that. You may have heard of that. So there's a couple of different ways. You can use Pretty Link if you use that for most of your links. You can also do it, edit it manually. You can find other uh, plugins that allow you to create links that are no follow. There's a number of different ways, but as far as affiliate links go, I use, utilize Pretty Link for all my affiliate links. So it's quick, it's easy, and uh, takes care of that no follow uh, for you by default as long as you set it up that way. So that's a great little tool to have. So let's go right into number six, which is be sure to have an XML sitemap. So what the heck is an XML sitemap? Basically, it's a XML file that has a link listing all of your posts and pages on your site. So basically, when Google goes to crawl your site, it's going to look for an XML sitemap. It's typically called sitemap.xml but it knows to go out there and find those sitemaps. And if it sees it, it's going to know about all your posts and pages where previously it may not crawl everything on your website. So that's your way of telling Google, hey, here's all my content. Come on out here and check it out and make sure you throw it in the index. So it's definitely something you're gonna wanna make sure you have. And the cool thing is that the plugin that we mentioned earlier for the meta descriptions, the WordPress SEO by Yoast, also has a built-in XML sitemap feature. So it's always best to utilize the least number of plugins that you can while still accomplishing everything you need to accomplish. In that way, the less number of plugins you have allows your site to stay quick. And uh, the more plugins you have, obviously, the slower your site will be. So it's definitely great if we can accomplish two things with one plugin, which we can do in this case. Previously, I've used um, Google XML sitemaps and other different plugins, but again, I will be using this particular plugin going forward as soon as I migrate over to that new theme. So it's a very quick, easy, hands-off. Anytime that you create a new post or page, it will automatically update that sitemap and it will go out there and ping Google to let them know there's been an update so that it will uh, crawl your site at its next scheduled check. So it's a great way to keep all of your posts and pages indexed and uh, allow Google and the other search engines to know when you have any updates. That is a must-have. And that brings us to our final tip, which is number seven, publishing great content on a regular basis. And that one kind of goes without saying, but it is definitely worth mentioning because it cannot be overemphasized enough. Nothing beats great content posted on a consistent basis. And by consistent basis, I mean in general that you post at least on a weekly basis. So if you're trying to set up a goal, you're just getting started, 
a lot of folks can get really excited right out of the gate and post multiple times a week for a month or so, and then all of a sudden things will die off. They'll get burnt out, they'll run out of topics, and then they'll get uh, into a pattern where they post very sporadically. I see that a lot on podcasts, so... I would recommend not doing that because the more folks get used to your content on a regular basis, the more they'll depend on it and they'll come to expect it. And then when all of a sudden, if things start to disappear, you'll lose your readership rather quickly. And uh, when you do publish on a regular basis, that also insulates you a bit from Google penalties in my experience. If you were to create a niche site, for example, that just has five pages of content and you kind of leave it on autopilot and just let it sit and forget about it, what happens a lot of times is if you built up some backlinks, over time those links will get lost and you'll lose backlinks over a period of time just naturally. And if you only have five pages, it'll be rather obvious when you lose links that uh, you're also losing rankings, you're losing traffic. And that site is in a downward spiral. But if you're constantly creating new content, you're always getting new longer tail phrases into your site. So when people search for those new articles, basically the bottom line is the more content you have on your site targeting different keywords, the more visitors you're going to have to your site and the more insulated you are from potential Google penalties down the road. And I've seen that definitely on my niche site tools site that the more content that I create, Over time, you can see on your analytics graph on a month-by-month basis, you're slowly starting to see that gradual increase over time, and it's an upward slope that really is what you're looking for. If you could see, you know, maybe you got a viral post one day or something just all of a sudden takes off and you see a huge spike, generally in those cases, it's also going to go down just as quickly. It's always best to see that gradual, slow, steady increase in traffic that shows that you're doing things right, you're getting additional long-tail phrases, more folks are finding your site, hopefully they're staying on your site longer and you're building up that audience and that's really what you're looking to create so the more content that you have and the more that you post regularly the more your audience is going to resonate with you and um, things will just continue to get better from there on out so that kind of wraps up the seven tips again I will go over them really quick just for a summary number one was optimizing your title and post URL number two was creating a proper meta description for each post or page Number three was utilizing header H1, H2 tags and bold text. Number four was adding image and paying attention to the title of the image, the file name of the image, and also the alternative text tag for that image. Number tip number five was make all affiliate links no follow. Number six was be sure to have an XML sitemap. And number seven was publish great content on a regular basis. And that's pretty much it. If you accomplish those seven tips when creating any new posts or pages, you're definitely probably 80 to 90% ahead of the game as far as competing with other folks out there. Most people don't do all of those. So if you were to just do all of those, which really only takes a couple of minutes per post, the more you do it, the more it becomes second nature, just like anything else. It really does become really easy to at least rank those posts over time. And I found that really, once you create a post and you get into that routine of using those seven simple tips, you can rank specific posts that are not necessarily super high on competition in a matter of a week or so. So if I post in a particular article and it gets out there, gets published on Monday typically is when I post all my content. 
It usually by the following Monday will already have started to see traffic and start to rank in Google. So the more content that you have, the better your chances of continuing to rank better. So hopefully those tips were, some of them were new to you, probably some of them you've heard before, but hopefully the details I provided you today will give you the information you need to utilize all of them on a regular basis, and you'll be off and running on the road to success and climbing the ranks of Google. So that wraps up our primary segment of content, but our plugin or tool of the week is the WordPress SEO by Yoast. And that's the plugin that will allow you to utilize meta descriptions for your posts and pages, XML sitemaps, and it has all sorts of other cool features too. So since we've already talked about it, there's not much more to say about it. If you're not yet utilizing an SEO plugin, that is definitely the one I'd recommend going with, and that's the one I'm going to be using going forward. And I think you will find it relatively user-friendly, and it has a lot of uh, great suggestions and uh, things to help you out with your SEO along the way as well. So that plugin goes great with uh, today's post. And I hope you really enjoyed this particular podcast episode today. And definitely, again, make sure you check out the post because it's chock full of information, and it includes screenshots of the specific examples on how you do certain things. And again, that is at nichesitetools.com forward slash the number 21, which is relatively easy to remember. Just think of Blackjack, and if you get 21, you're a winner. So nichesitetools.com forward slash the number 21. And that's going to wrap it up for this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you're new to the show, I would definitely recommend that you subscribe to the site via email at nichesitetools.com forward slash subscribe. You will instantly get my keyword brainstorming guide, which will give you a lot of great ideas if you're drawing a blank on what to write about or if you're looking to create a new niche site and you're trying to come up with a topic. That keyword brainstorming guide will be a great help to give you some brainstorming ideas on how to get started and what kind of topics to uh, focus on. And also, if you're not yet subscribed to the podcast, you can do so in either iTunes or Stitcher. And if you have any questions at all or you'd like to reach out to me, you can do so via my contact page at nichesitetools.com forward slash contact. There you can either leave an email, you can find me on social media such as Facebook or Twitter, and you can also... Uh, leave a SpeakPipe message. So if you do have a question, you can leave a voicemail there on SpeakPipe. And if you do, I will probably be featuring that on a future podcast episode so you'll hear your name on the show. And one last thing that I almost forgot to mention was that next week there will not be a blog post or a podcast episode because we have some family in town this coming week and they'll be occupying every inch of available space in our condo. So looking forward to seeing nieces and nephews and uh, just having a good time enjoying the end of summer with them. So if you are looking for the next episode, checking out the calendar, I was about to say that's going to be on September 1st, but I just remembered that's Labor Day. So most likely the next post and podcast episode will be on Tuesday, September 2nd. So until then, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a fantastic two weeks and a great long Labor Day weekend. Bye-bye.